0: Hello everyone, Dr. Anna Kabeca here on Couch Talk, an intimate place for intimate conversation where we really talk shamelessly and guiltlessly about what we're dealing with in our life as women. And especially as women, as we age and, and enter perimenopause, feel the hormone imbalances and the beautiful transformation that we experience with hormonal balance. So today we're going to talk about getting fit after 50 and the nuances of really optimizing the stage of our life the second half of our life today our guest is this amazing woman who I initially ran into on Instagram following her crazy (laughs) exercise (laughs) videos thinking oh my gosh I've (laughs) got to be able to do this so I'm going to introduce you to Deborah Atkinson
1: Deborah, it's awesome to have you here today Awesome to be here. I want to be where you are. You look like you're just ready for a kickback and a cool one. Well,
0: actually I said, well, (laughs) here I am with Deborah Atkinson, you know, the, um, you know, creator of Fitness Over 50, right? And this awesome flipping 50 TV show and flipping 50 um, broadcast and all this stuff you've got going on. I'm like, I'm going to wear my exercise clothes for this occasion. (laughs) So So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look like an exercise if I didn't, you know, and I am determined to go hit my stairs today. So uh, no there let me share with our audience a little bit about you and first of all to ask our audience you know if you've ever wished you had more energy i want you to know that you're in the right place today because deborah's going to share us how to get that even though we're dealing with maybe hormonal changes or we're right now struggling with fatigue and have lost really our good get up and go so if you really are going for that caffeine mid-afternoon but hopefully it's mighty maca But if you're going for that uh, caffeine mid-afternoon or you really hope to get a nap in the midday and you've been struggling with weight loss, you are in the right place because we're going to talk about this. So our guest today is going to share with you how to get more energy with less exercise, right? and and really the key is by choosing the right types of exercises and habits and lifestyle that really helps you boost energy in a simple sane and sexy and safe way right yeah. <laughs> so. Deborah is a personal wellness coach for CEOs and business leaders. She's an international fitness presenter and prior senior lecturer in kinesiology in Iowa State University. She is building on a 32-year career. She's authored four books, including You Still Got It, Girl, and The After 50 Fitness Formula for Women, and currently hosts a Flipping 50 TV show and Flipping 50 TV, po- I mean Flipping 50 podcast. She's a <laughs> lecturer and a frequent blogger and has been a um, subject matter leader for many organizations, including the American Council on Fitness. And she's a frequent presenter for Top Fitness Industry Association. So not only that, she is a triathlete and she states in her words, she currently swims in paperwork. Runs her own business and rides the desk more than she exercises. Ha! She cracked the code on more energy and less time for thousands of private and corporate clients. And she's here to share her successes with us today. And I'm super excited about that. So great to have you, Deborah. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Such an important message. It is such an important message and it's an important message that, you know, we really want to crack the code, master and get right. And, you know, it's, it's a part of the equation. Like you said, you know, we we say, and, 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 you know, I always tell my menopausal women like diet and, and exercise is just part of the picture. Right. right. There are other aspects to our lifestyle, to our, you know, mental, emotional, physical, et cetera, state that create the transformational health that we want to achieve in, in our lifestyle, in, in our lifetime. But there's so many things that we do wrong when it comes to exercise and, and so many myths about, you know, exercise as we age. But I want you first to tell us, like, what changed the game for you? How did you hit this niche? Mm-hmm. And, and what was the big needle mover for you?
1: A midlife crisis. Yes, I did it. I, I've been there. So, you know, at 49, I'd like to think most women who are at the peak of their career, they get the corner office or convertible. And I was at this point where loved my job. I had loved what I've been doing, but I felt like there's more. And if I stay here, I'm just going to limit my potential and get stuck. And so I took a leap, big leap, (laughs) left all safety, security and started my own business and wanted to create the systems that we had seen work very effectively for other fitness professionals. Because at the time I was both lecturing at Iowa State and I was working in the private sector And we were having a lot of success having gone through that big, you know, economy downturn. We actually thrived, proving people were looking for positivity in their lives, you know, in a a very conservative environment. We thought if we can do it, we can help other people do this. So that's where I was. So I really started from scratch. And so I suddenly had this panic attack. You know, when you decide, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you decide. And there's like, What did I just do? (laughs) You know, I have tuition. You know, I have people who count on me. So I felt like there was a lot of pressure. So I went from exercising for hours a day, because I'm an exercise lover, to, you know, 20 minutes, maybe most days of the week. But after three years, and it's now been four of doing that. I realized that my weight is exactly the same. My body composition, exactly the same. And let's just say that's good. It's, it was optimal. But my energy level is better. I'm feeling better. So I literally took the science, took what I knew to be true for all my clients, and finally applied it. And I know it works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely you are walking your talk and I think that's a, a huge part. And I see you out there and putting yourself out there, you know. It's in, you know, on a daily regular basis and Instagram and, and doing your videos and it's inspirational, Deborah. It really is. So let's talk about that because twenty minutes a day is a heck of a lot better than hours a day that many women do. And it's it's twenty minutes of it's not like um you know, grueling um, barbell lifting exercise that, you know, you might otherwise see. So let's talk about that type of, so let's talk about your day. Let's You know, yeah. what works for us and women and, um, and, and that balance and, and how someone listening can actually, you know, what are steps to take to get into this routine easily?
1: Yeah, great question. So let's talk about our day and and our hormones. And this is a big one. So anybody listening needs to realize that we can give probably a very general recommendation and yet you're listening and within our unique population here, there are still diverse needs. So it may not be a complete absolute fit for you. We may need to tweak something. So take, take this with a grain of salt, apply it to your own self. But quite frankly, we go through all these changes and it's the sex hormones that get our attention when we do that, right? It's the, the estrogen drop, it's the change in, you know, pregnenolone or progesterone and testosterone. And that's what kind of shakes us up and wakes us up. But the ones that seem to be most in conflict with exercise and what our habits have been are cortisol, you know, and its effect potentially on insulin that deposits that belly fat and, you know, it starts to work on our bat wings and those things. That's always been there. But during that midlife, any little mistake we've been making is amplified. You know, I like to think of it as. We're driving down this narrow road and now we lost our shoulders. So we don't have as much wiggle room. We need to get it right and not do just exercise, but actually have exercise with purpose. And Frank Shorter lives here in Boulder. So ironically, this quote comes from a man, but it's so smart. If you if you do it right, you know, 80% of the time, you have to be less perfect. So it's not about that. And And in our case, it's about exercising less, but making every exercise session have purpose. So like you said, does it have to be grueling and include burpees? By the way, I hate burpees. Okay, Let's just say I'm throwing them under the bus. Nobody has to do a burpee to get fit. So just so you know, you heard it here, right? But, you know, sometimes it's actually cutting back. So less is more. It's not always about, is your heart rate where it needs to be? Is your you know, breathlessness where it needs to be? Sometimes we have to fill a hole we've dug ourselves into and fill back up before we can start writing checks again and really try to amplify our energy or gain strength. It takes starting with, how are you feeling right now when you, for instance, wake up in the morning? Do you wake up with energy, ready to go for your day? And if the answer to that is no, that's a sign, right? We're depleted already. So we need to fill back up and back off potentially of exercise. Move, yes, but not so much with a distance or a time or a heart rate and intensity, but more grounding. Let's get outside, go for a walk so that you enjoy it. Think about what you enjoy doing.
0: Well, I like that exercise with a purpose in mind, right? That's definitely a tweetable y'all listening. So um, (laughs) exercise with a purpose in mind, and that really does make it more enjoyable. And um, let's talk about what's the biggest exercise mistake women make when it comes to mastering metabolism during menopause?
1: Well, it's a little bit of we're victim of our circumstance. So we were raised in an era by adults who – taught us the harder we work, the better results we will get. We learned it really well. And so the biggest mistake that midlife women make is, well, if I'm not getting results, I must not be working hard enough. It must be my fault. I don't have discipline. I should do more, more minutes, more days, more repetitions, more miles. And that back to if you're already fatigued, Really, rather than coming up and out of that, you're digging yourself deeper into that hole. So it's one thing that happens. And the reason we need less exercise, but with more purpose, is our need for rest and recovery increases dramatically after the age of 50. And it's not a, it's not insult to injury. Anybody out there listening, it has nothing to do with You being less fit or more fit, whether you're elite or you are coming off the couch, we each have this unique need for rest and recovery. So you're going to a class with your best friend. One or the other of you may not be recovered and ready for day two. And you really need to listen to that because it means your fitness level could potentially improve if you take a second rest day as opposed to doing another exercise day right away.
0: And that is so key that your fitness yeah. level can improve if you take that rest day versus bombarding it with exercise. So you're allowing that time that your body is requiring to restore,
1: replenish, rebuild. Right. So crucial. And it's important if you remember, so let's give everybody another tweetable, right? That, fitness, the exercise creates the potential for fitness. It's the rest and recovery that actually creates the fitness. Mm,
0: yeah. So the rest and recovery actually recreates the fitness. And I think that, that's an important concept because we think, okay, go, go, go hit the gym every day. Right. And really, especially um, as we're aging, that rest time, that repairing time and what we're doing, Otherwise, to really nourish our bodies is really weighs heavily on our quality
1: of life. Absolutely. And let's talk rest and recovery. So what is that? I think some people are not quite sure. So it involves the nutrition side of things, making sure you have adequate calories. And of course, we're, I'm sure we're on the same page with adequate quality calories.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: protein is a big one for Women over 50, and as we get to be 60, it will be even more so. As we get to be 70, it will be even more so because we are losing muscle faster and much more easily than we can gain it or even maintain it as we age. So it's important we have, yes, we do need the exercise stimulus, but we need that recovery in terms of adequate protein, adequate calories. And then the ultimate king or queen of rest is sleep. But there are also ways to, you know, enhance your recovery by movement, but that is not exercise-based, by floating in water, by taking a bath, by just getting out in nature and moving, stimulating circulation, but not in a way that's formal, quote-unquote, what we think of as exercise. Those are all recovery modes. And then there's the best of the best, right? Having someone else massage you is wonderful, if you can do that regularly, or self massage with foam rollers. That myofascial release is what it's called technically, but it's a way to stimulate it yourself. Not nearly as enjoyable as having someone else rub your back, but it works.
0: <laughs> well, and very important as we get older. And I'm sitting with my legs crossed right now and, and mm-hmm. thinking, okay, don't yeah. want to do that for my hips. Yeah. Um, is that the internal constant internal rotation of the of the legs or of the hip joint? is going to set us up for hip fractures later on mm-hmm. so flexibility doing those and thinking about the foam rollers on the itb band you know at the insertion yes points is really very beneficial. And that's where also yoga and stretching and balance exercises are an important part of a regimen. But we'll get to the regimen in a minute. In your Mm -hmm. blogs, Deborah, you always talk about the five components that you recommend in every workout. Yes. So can you talk about those five components?
1: Yes. So when I talk about that, I talk about that they shrink or expand, you know, based on the time you have, but they should always be present. The first one is warm-up one. And so the natural for you is you figured out there's warm-up two. Warm-up one is that overall core temperature. So it's starting whatever you're going to do. If you're going to swim, you start with slow swim laps. If you're going to run, you start with quick walking or maybe a very slow jog. So it's entering into at a lower level what you're about to do to really prepare your body for that. And the goal is you're, yes, approaching that sweat rate potentially or a little bit more breathless. You're feeling that maybe you're a little warmer, perspiring a bit, and that's about about where you want to be. Warm-up, too, is much more functional, and it incorporates some kind of balance often and gets your right brain and your left brain both working together. And this is one of the things that, you know, pulls in your mind, To the body and so everything is mind-body connection you don't have to be doing yoga to do that but it's it brings you into no longer being able to do the grocery list or thinking about what you're gonna do next you actually have to focus in order to maintain your balance and usually what we're doing is engaging core that's really what it's all about so if your core is engaged you're gonna be much safer be able to do a little more exercise with a little less risk and definitely with feeling you're doing less effort those are great things to have third is your main set so we, let's say you're doing a cardio day or doing intervals that's where it would happen if you're doing strength training that's where you'd begin doing your sets and your repetitions that happens in there the fourth part is working literally your core so we're talking about anything between your knees and your shoulders is core, but we're so used to always thinking this is your abdominals. This is your side waist, oblique abdominals. This is the muscles in your back abdominals or the erector spinae that keeps us more upright and stabilizing. So it's working on those things and not necessarily ladies on the floor. And one other thing, so we've kind of thrown thrown burpees into the bus. I'm going to throw crunches and sit-ups under the bus as well whether you swear by them or not, we only have a certain number of forward flexions in our body and in our spine. And we don't feel damage being done. We don't feel the injury coming on until it happens. So for those of us who have a thicker spine, we're actually more at risk for doing those crunches and sit-ups to have that injury sooner. And the challenge there is Do you know if you have a thicker spine? I don't know if I have a thicker spine. And again, we don't know until it's too late. So because there are dozens of other things you can do, if not hundreds, crunches and sit-ups are probably better left by the wayside. And you might find also you have better results when you leave them alone and are forced to find other things. So the fifth thing is cooling Cooling down. down. We need to be sure... We don't skip it. So I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone. I've got to make myself be disciplined and do the cooling down of your temperature. Now, if you've done core exercises, chances are you are already not breathing hard anymore. Your temperature has gone down. But this is the best place to put that flexibility work, stretching those tight hips, making sure you're working on mobility because you are warmer and more pliable. So those five things, the biggest motivation, For warm-up and cool-down is you're going to burn more fat, expending more energy. You'll do it more comfortably as you slowly warm yourself up as opposed to jumping right in. And on the end, you will be less likely to be sore and you're already recovering. So the next time you work out, it will be a much more quality workout. Whoops. I'm, Anna, I'm not hearing you. There we go. Sorry
0: there about that. Going. That's okay. Um, so, uh, those are fantastic. So, to summarize, you have warm up number one, mm-hmm. and then warm up number two, and that's really getting focused. That's like a, your mental warm up, right? Right. And then war- the third component was the main set. So, mindset,
1: whatever that's it is, we're typically doing. where we jump in, right?
0: <laughs> right. And then Core and then cool down. So core is some type of core every time you exercise. Exactly. And how frequently do you recommend this exercise, especially during menopause?
1: Yeah, really, you know, let's go back and talk about what was true, right? What was the textbook exercise prescription? We were all told you need three to five times of cardio exercise per week, and you need two. Minimum of strength training times per week. So two to four, depending on how you exercise. So that's kind of textbooks. Well, we're all used to hearing and classes were built around that. So what's true today? Really, it's true that you need to start where, where you are. Are you exercising at all? And it may be that starting with a walk, you know, or something you do 10 minutes a day is much more valuable than trying to hit in you know all of those components right away from the very beginning so that's a little like turning your world upside down on January 2nd saying I'm going to do this perfectly this year and that lasts about till January 3rd right? <laughs> you know not not really well I mean why do we do that so starting with one small thing from where you are now Definitely, I'm a fan of cardio, but we've gotten so adept at thinking interval training is the fat burning mecca that we are in America, at least guilty of more, more must be better if a little bit is good. And unfortunately, that can backfire on us. So one to two times of interval training a week, sprinkled with some, you know, Lower and lighter forms of exercise, whether it's longer or not, really comes back to, you know, are you already fatigued? So let's not go long. Let's just go short and easy and get you outside and get you moving first. But recall that even elite athletes who do interval training or high intensity work, their coaches will have them do that once or twice a week. Even they need recovery because that breaks down the body very quickly. So it's back to the importance of rest and recovery, not necessarily doing intervals every day, but doing them at the right dose. So they make you feel better, not feel more tired. And that's the key, better, not tired. So strength training twice a week. I am a fan of that, but I'm also a fan of not getting stuck in how long it takes. So I'm often asked, you know, how long should I wait train for? And the length of time has nothing to do with the quality of what it is you want to do. You could fatigue those muscles, major muscles in six to 10 minutes and might be better off doing that walking away from it than exhausting yourself by just simply doing more and more repetitions or sets and trying to stick out an hour or think you need to put time in. Yeah, that's a great point. So um,
0: let's talk about, you talk about the number one secret exercise weapon women have. So to keep our sexy energy and confidence going at any
1: age, what is that? that is strength training ladies if you're not strength training start we lose yes, that
0: yes yes yes
1: yes yeah. <laughs> we lose that muscle mass you know starting at age 30 half a pound a year on average of muscle mass it's going out the window if you're not resistance training And I hear some of you in your head, even though you think I don't, right? If you're running or you think you're doing Zumba and you're really fit and so that doesn't apply to you, unfortunately it does. It's proven we can't outrun that muscle loss. So you'll see if you look at just even images of older marathon runners, so really going to an extreme But they actually look like they're wasting. Their muscles are wasting away. So they're looking more frail than they are strong. And so it's true of elite athletes even who don't resistance train. And actually elite athletes wouldn't, wouldn't think of that. They do resistance train. So we need to, too. And if you are a woman thinking of getting started, wondering where should I begin, I would begin with strength training before you begin your cardio if it's one or the other first.
0: Yeah, I agree because the, you know, physiologically you're going to produce growth hormone with strength training, you're going to get a better night's sleep, you're going to have more energy, get up and go and say, "Okay, now I'm ready to to, you know, go for a jog or now I'm ready to, you know, add some more intense Intervals or cardio to it, and you definitely will feel better. And I, I couldn't agree more with that. And and definitely as we get older, I always say, look at a marathon runner versus a sprinter. You yeah. know, look at the shape of their muscles, right? And that's yeah. growth hormone. That's the that's uh, a part of that is is the physiologic um, excretion of growth hormone that we get, and that ability to rebuild and restore. And that does make a difference. So yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's fantastic. And research shows. People who exercise and studies done that typically were done on men over 80 in a uh, retirement facility that looked at exercise and, and strength training specifically, improved cognitive ability, memory, you know, overall energy, quality of life, mood, all those things that really matter. So I right. believe 100% that is our secret exercise benefits.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I used to, I used to say this, and you know, I think times are changing. So what I used to say 10 and 20 years ago is really, I think that's not our glass ceiling anymore. But I used to say, you know, in your 30s or 40s it was you know sexy to drive a red convertible and you know when you're in your 80s and your 90s it's going to be the guy who can carry the tray in the cafeteria right <laughs> <laughs> right you know and that remembers your name
0: now <laughs> right well yeah <laughs> that's horrible. Right. But I know it's, it's, it's that um, ability. I think, you know, my father just passed away. He was 91. I mean, Mm -hmm. holding a conversation, having beautiful memory, keeping sharp and keeping again, able to take care of yourself. That's a big difference for women. One of the issues that women run into that keeps them from exercising is leaking urine, coughing and sneezing incontinence. And it's also the number one reason we end up in nursing homes. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I'm sure you deal with this a lot in your um, exercise prescriptions, like, okay, what do we need to do to number one, prevent urine loss, strengthen those pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. And Kegel doing your Kegels aside because that white audience has definitely gotten their education on that, but also in, in really maintaining a healthy pelvic floor and what if we are leaking and how do you help clients not stop exercising before it? What modifications do you recommend, et cetera?
1: Yeah. Well, typically what comes out is, you know, I can't jump anymore. I can't run anymore. You know, it's embarrassing, number one. And, and it's not just that. Often it's, you know, gas is an issue too. But in terms of leakage, it's like, okay, well, first, there's so many other things, right? So we, we don't have to run to get in shape. We don't have to do jumping jacks you know, to get in shape. So leaving those, you know, out and finding one of the all of the other long list of lower impact things you can do temporarily. And then if you want to come back to it, you may find you can. But one of the one of the things that gets most people is what I just talked about and the risk to the lower back being crunches and sit ups. You know, that often can really um, get in the way of women who've got issues with leakage and looking at even moves that are more gentle and done appropriately with good safety cues, like a Pilates roll up and roll down, can, you know, not be the answer for every one of us. So you really need to know your body, but stabilizing, what I call bracing, you know, and you can do that sitting here if you're right here with me. Sometimes it's easier to do if you are on the floor, on your back. You can tell a little bit more, and you can take your hands, put them on your hips. Take the heel of your hand and put that on your hip bone. They're in there. I know they're. And you can take your fingers and put them on your pubic bone. And what you want is to create some flat, neutral area. And you're looking for, when you're bracing, just tightening. And you can feel that happen if you blow through a straw. Purse your lips blow all of your air out and you've got your hands on just the lower part of your ribs, blow it all out to the point where you're almost coughing. You'll feel your diaphragm kick in. You'll feel your core deeper muscles contract. And that bracing is really helping you build the muscles closest to your spine. So these are not the superficial kind of core exercise you'll see done in the gym that is like the wow I wish I could do that you know really you may not want to do that ever right? it's the things that look like across the room that looks really easy until you do it and you engage those deep core muscles without movement but in stabilization so the core stays still and you begin to move your legs or you move your arms as levers and then require your body to hold still. That's the kind of movement we do all day, but it's also the kind of movement that begins to stimulate deep core muscles. And then there's a trilogy. So if we can contract the inner thighs, maybe by putting a ball between your knees, just squeezing that, squeeze the pelvic floor, and then contract the abdominals, getting the three of those lights to turn on while you're holding and then allowing them to turn off again. Sometimes that's bringing you back to, okay, gaining that strength with the Kegels, but combining it with the inner thigh, the pelvic floor, and the core muscles all at one time.
0: Yeah, I know, and that supports the low back too. Yeah. So building up those intraspinal muscles and really in paraspinal muscles and really working on that aspect too because that's another – Area that it, um, suffers as we age, declining back muscle strength in our back, as well as vertebral fractures. So, continuing to build that in those ways, like you said, it looks gentle, but it does not feel gentle. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> Done right, yes. And you know, then it's progressing. You know, to the next level moving things a little bit more. So dynamic stability, we call that, right? So you first stabilize with no movement, then stabilize while you're moving those limbs. And, you know, and then it's coming back to, we're talking about breathing, right? Breathing through the straw, but holding your breath can really be a detriment. So learning that during your strength training you will temporarily default to holding your breath because it feels like you are stronger. Momentarily you are, but it does enough damage that it's not worth doing. You wanna learn to breathe or exhale as you are lifting a weight and or if it's your body weight, it's as you are pushing against the resistance of gravity and inhaling as the load is lightened. So that is an ideal The second best is if you're breathing at all, okay? We like it when you have a heartbeat and you're breathing. You can flip those back and forth if you have that tendency to breathe opposite. So many times that happens, but it will come.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point because adding that intra-abdominal pressure from holding your breath, et cetera, is gonna put more pressure on your pelvic floor. Can't tighten up against that resistance and that creates weaker, looser muscles. And so we wanna make sure that breathing, don't hold your breath, learn to learn to really um, focus on the muscle group without yeah. holding your breath and, ex, you know, inhaling and exhaling as naturally as possible while we, while we exercise. And that's a tough one for me. I'm definitely, yeah. you know, always like clenching the jaw. old Yeah. You know, straining and making noises. <laughs> and, it's um, a challenge. So, yeah, and, and I do want women to know that you know, when we're – so many women who have dealt, and again, who I've worked with that have come with these issues of incontinence leaking, you know, the trampoline, et cetera, jump rope, you know, again, there are some exercises that we can do to be more gentle on our bladder definitely as we age and especially, you know, after 50 – but there, you know, you can reverse that. You can, you know, once you have those symptoms, you're not destined to continue to have those symptoms. Doing Amen. these little changes, shifting, strengthening your your um, back, your core, improving your digestive health, nutrition, so you don't have so much intra abdominal pressure from gas. And you know the things that I talk about, like Jolva, the natural cream yeah. that created for the vulva that can really help just by restoring some of the integrity of the tissue, those things can make a difference. A little bit goes a long way. So don't feel like you're destined to uh, experience that because so many women recover from that.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're not doomed, ladies. It's just temporary. Yeah, so one more
0: question in your blogs and videos. You mentioned the joy factor. Talk to us about the joy factor.
1: Yes, well, it's ironic you asked that today. So I'm just about to throw myself under the bus. So I am, I have been doing short, high intensity, reaching fatigue with strength training, all the things that are super important. We have science to prove that's the way, and I have, you know, a self test. To prove that's the way. But I am, and a lot of your listeners may be in the same boat. We, we are exercise lovers. So I've had to hold myself back knowing, you know, that's not ideal right now for me because I have so many other stressors in my life. And I've had a little, you know, of the dirt settle. So the dust is kind of settling in and I'm in a little bit more comfortable spot. So that that midlife crisis, you know, I went through and I'm climbing out the other end of that tunnel. So it feels like, you know, I can recommend you should go through that too. It's okay, (laughs) because it's so much better on the other side. And so I was about to last year, before a tragic death in our family, was about to do one more endurance event. And It came up about a month and a half before uh, registration for the event and it just took the wind out of my sails completely. So we've kind of been in a year of healing and he was actually someone very uh, athletic, very involved, very much living life to the fullest. Um, And it's time for me to get back out there. And so I'm going to test by modifying an endurance training schedule and doing um, one more Ironman, so I've got one more in me, right? So totally opposite of what you would recommend, right? But i I have been feeling incongruent in a lot of ways, feeling like if I were to do this, this would be incongruent with the advice I'm giving. But internally feeling like I'm incongruent because this is really – it's it brings me a lot of joy to be striving for a goal and be out there with my community of triathletes or some of the best people in the world. If you're not um, aware, so if you're not in that community, you may not get it. But it's all shapes and sizes. It's beginners to athletes that are elite. That they get it. They get each other. So I'm going to do it. So that for me is my joy factor. Someone else may have another one but the the minimal piece is this start your exercise program with the idea that it's something you love not because it burns the most calories or it might help you burn the most fat but because you love the actual activity and doing it and how it makes you feel during as well as the benefit you reap and the rewards you get after that's the joy factor and that's where there's the art and there's the science and you've got to kind of match your two together. Thank you for sharing that, Deborah. Tell me, do you feel
0: that also doing this, you know, this last iron iron man and is part of honoring that person that you loved and lost?
1: I do. I, um, (laughs) you're going to make me cry. I was writing today about, the blog, actually sharing it. Um, and, and I know that this has been true before. This is not my first Ironman. This will be my sixth. Um, and I'm much more smart now than I was training for those other ones. But at the beginning and at the end of an Ironman, there are tears on both sides. I mean, you're, you're grateful for having gotten there and for all of the people who help you get there in your community. But for me, you know, every mile, or every lap was about, you know, trying to focus on maybe one person in my life who means so much and how much gratitude I have for the memories and the richness. And, you know, I know that this one will probably be amplified because he was actually killed while riding his bike. So um, that's a big part of Ironman training. And he would not want someone sitting on the sidelines who, you know, finds joy in doing this. He'd be the first one to say, get back out there.
0: Mm, Yeah, I'm into that. And uh, we'll definitely keep us posted on that. And your training, hope to see it on your Instagram site. And and keep us (laughs) informed with that. Even though you feel like it's incongruent, you've got this goal, you're setting your goal. And you're 53. 53. 53 this year, and so you, you know, it's inspirational, and say, okay, well, what can, you know, what can we do, and, and the biggest thing in exercise for women as we age is to add that variety, keep right, that variety is the space right. of life, keep changing yeah. things up, but you know, because you're smarter now with the exercise, how much protein you need, and healthy mm-hmm. fats, and the right nutritional, going to send yeah. you some extra mighty maca to keep <laughs> <the> alkaline <laughs> yes. on the way, you yes. we- you train and you go through that put that in your water bottle secret weather, secret weapon, yeah. and um and really you know and at those challenges I think many women listening you know that have tuned in to this talk because it's about exercise right mm-hmm. are are thinking okay well you know is is now do I just have to stop doing what I love doing and that's not yeah. true either Right. But you right. have to have a balance. You have to give yourself the time to yep. recover. And you may find out because the women over 40, I did a sprint triathlon when I was 42. Yes. I did it. I checked it on. Time off. to do I another one. Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. As you were talking, I was getting inspired. A sprint I'll get my hands my...
1: on you in August and then we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's that, it's that sense of, okay, those women over 40 are the toughest group right? Yes, we are. The, I mean, they're the toughest group to compete. Again, let's do it in a, a healthy, a healthy, insane, insane way too. But also, like you said, get out there with a purpose. Right. You know, and that have fun doing it and enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. And then you know, you're doing the right thing. And that's where discernment comes in that you're clear enough to discern that this is the right time to yeah. go ahead and proceed with that and, and, you know, continuing to discern that on the way and we can't discern well when we're foggy brained, we're not That's thinking it. well when, you know, and, and when we're um, you know, and when our soul's hurting too. So there's yeah. those aspects as well that challenge us. So I'm sending you a lot of pray. I want to tell people, oops, <laughs> how can he, the, How do you door just fell? This is live, y'all. All All right. Let me tell people where to connect with you and so they can get a quick best (laughs) flip. Izzy, come here. Say hello.
1: Wait.
0: Yes, I know. Say okay. Come here. Say hello. Hi. Hi. Izzy's a great exerciser. This is my goddaughter, Izzy. Thank you, Izzy so all right you better tell people where to get you and um, yes. you have a quick best flips checklist and a 14-day step so talk about that absolutely and our, and our listeners and best.
1: we've made it even easier for you so actually it's um, now uh, you can do a five-day flip if you'd love to do that so I have a quick checklist so if you're already exercising wondering am I doing the highest priority things in this limited time I have flipping 50.com It's all words spelled out forward slash five day flips, the number five day flip, no spaces grab that checklist. And then if you'd like to stick around and I'll send you one video every day for five days, a short 15 to 20 minute energy boost, just to show yourself, it doesn't take a ton of time. You can do it in your own living room or your bedroom. And you don't need a gym. It's just get started.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. And I highly recommend our listeners to go ahead and and do this. We are um, thrilled to have you and definitely I'll have you back in the future. I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to all our listeners. Please, if you love this video, please share it with your friends. Let people, you know, inform people about what we're doing here and what we're sharing in this truth information and honest conversation. Please ask any questions that you have below. You know, I will comment back to any questions and definitely check out Deborah's flipping 50. So I love that. Thank you so much. Flipping 50.com words all spread out spelled out forward slash five day flip. Right. And uh, it also check her out on Instagram. I follow her. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks
1: so much.
0: It was so much fun catching up with you. Thank you. Likewise. And thanks to all our listeners.